Mike. My name is Kyle. I am with Danny. We are once again diving into Don of X. This week, we are going back to Marauders, issue number eight. Um, what do you think of uh, issue number seven, Danny? Kind of a lore right? for uh, Kate's death, right? We got kind of, a, yeah. kind of a downspin in the Marauders issues since then. Yeah, the last two both have been kind of on a, on a bit of a downward spin, and it's it's not a good sign for for the future Marauders. But I, I'm optimistic going into this one, at least to see how they deal with the fall of what happened to Kitty and all that. That piqued my interest enough, so I'm like, okay, Marauders, let's see where we go. Yes, we're finally going to see a little bit of pickup after the death of Kitty in this issue which is uh yeah like you said i, I enjoyed it like it seems like if if kitty's out of the picture this seems to derail quick yeah she was kind of like the glue that f- held this weird premise all together without her it's all starting to fall apart yeah um which is unfortunate but hopefully we get her back maybe not we will find out you ready to dive into this danny yeah let's get in it let's get into this uh all right so we start on um they're not on krakow they're on mars right yep yep what yeah. they refer to as the red farm on the red planet the red farm on the red planet and it seems we get the frosts just kind of uh giving a field trip more or less yeah it's like a school yeah it's like it feels like a school outing like to the red farm and uh uh, right now, um, championing this uh, field trip is is Christian Frost, and he's leading these kids about this weird uh, agricultural center they have established on Mars. Yeah, pretty cool. Um, and then uh, this is where kind of uh, Emma kind of comes in. And, uh, oh, man, was this just like, I, at first when I heard this, when she goes, good morning, young mutants, you are all radiant in this starlight. I felt like that one line Johnny Depp says in that Charlie and the Chocolate Factory movie where I was like, this is it. This is where I bail. <laughs> right here. With that one line. And you can take that to the bank. <laughs> but unlike Charlie oh, and the Chocolate Depp. Factory, I was uh, mistaken in enjoyed a little bit of this issue I, 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 I didn't hate charlie and the chocolate factory but <laughs> it 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 really never stood a chance like willy wonka was so iconic and just intrinsic to what that mythos was that for them to try to even raise a candle to it was never gonna work like it, you just don't there's movies like that you just don't remake but yeah i definitely got a bit of a charlie and the chocolate factory <laughs> flamboyancy vibe Look how gaudy she is with those giant roses. She's literally sniffing like a rose that's the size of her head. Size of her face, yeah. yeah. And like she doesn't even like acknowledge the children. She's like shoving her face in a rose and she's like, Good morning, children. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're not uh, worth uh, my eyes. <laughs> not worth it at all. Uh but they go through the portal and uh on the other side of this portal we're seeing we see these uh, automatons kind of these crackling automatons just doing some work doing some robot work and uh this is where Emma kind of chimes in and gives us the rundown that it was made and built by Forge uh that and it was all built on things that were grown from Krakoa. Yeah, uh, as she's leading them into the portal and showing them off this stuff, she's kind of like dropping a little bit of their rhetoric on them. She's saying, you know, we grow this Krakoan technology and we we give the humans longer lives and in return 
we should get peace. This is all the the crux of our meetendom here is what happens here. And Forge has made some breakthroughs with automated uh, automation by using <laughs> a labor force that's entirely comprised of Krakoan biomechanical androids. I don't know, biodroids? Right. <laughs> yeah. Biomechanical androids. We're getting a little bit of global politics, a little bit of global trade. These kids are learning a lot. Just the Krakoan uh, bio androids have like the faces on their chests, little faces on their heads. I was wondering what that is. It's just just they even have like nostrils. Like if you look at the one pushing the crate, it has nostrils. It's weird. I wonder if it's just like Krakoa like controlling all of these. It's like well, a... remember remember when um what was it uh Mondo mm-hmm. like fused and then Krakoa showed up on his stomach. It kind of reminds me of that. Yeah, I think this is like. Sometimes. A throwback to that almost. It seems like it, right? Yeah. Um, very strange. But yeah, she's kind of just teaching him, yo, this is what we do, and this is what you'll do, essentially, one day. Who's ready to go to the Savage Lands, folks? And everyone's like, yeah, let's do it, fuck yeah! Well, the first are going to visit Magneto's secret island. Oh, yes, yeah, Magneto's island. Then to the Savage Land. And I was just like, I dig these kids. I'd be the same way. Yeah. I'd be like, yeah, let's go to the Savage Land. Uh, uh, um, did you notice that one of the kids referred to humans as flat scans? Yeah, and, and Emma's like, that's that's not nice, but yes. <laughs> She's like, eh, it's not necessarily nice, but she didn't really chastise it either. I mean... This is very indicative going back to Age of Apocalypse, where they the humans were originally being flirt, referred to as flat scans. Yeah, it's it's kind of getting that kind of hierarchy where the mutants are like, we're way above them. I also like how she's like teaching them some pretty dark things, too. She's like, and this, children, is how leverage is made. <laughs> <laughs> Showing off her drug network. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. So uh yeah, they they prep, right? They're they're about to go on awesome field trip. And right as this happens, uh Emma gets a psychic Skype call from Bishop. And uh Bishop's or Emma's like, hold on, hold on, I got a, I got a Skype call coming in. Let me take this. Gotta uh, take this call, <laughs> Yeah. And um yeah, we get Bishop, and she's pretty. He's pretty much still in Madripoor, kind of scouting out the location, pretending to be one of these soldiers, kind of looking around the ship. And he's more or less, he's like, "I need backup now." And he's just all like, "You're you're on audio. You want to switch the video?" She switches the video, uh, hacks into his eyes psychically, and kind of eye hacks. Yeah, eye hacks up in here, and sees what uh, Bishop is seeing, and what is Bishop looking at, Danny? The floating silhouette of uh, Kate Pride just in the water. He's he's below deck in the ship, and there appears to be some sort of window fixture looking out into the water. And right above him is just floating silhouette of Kate Pride, just looks lifeless and dead. She's she's walk she's rocking a hundred percent subterfuge right now. Yeah, we got zero detail, zero color, nothing, <laughs> all okay. shadow, outline. Yep, but you know you know those epaulets. <laughs> Look at those coattails. That's Kate Pride. <laughs> uh, Bishop's like, you you seeing this? And Emma's pretty silent. And Bishop's like, bitch, I can hear your heartbeat. Yeah, I can hear your pulse through <laughs> our, our mental link. <laughs> <laughs> like, you need to get the Calvary here stat. We need to figure out what's going on. 
But she, yeah, they're they're freaking out. They're like, "What happened?" And they're, I assume, they are under the assumption that it's all done by Hominus Friendi and the people of Madripoor. Um, but this is when Emma ends the Skype call and pretty much bails on the carriage. She's like, "Sorry, kids, I'm gone. Done. Business. Business time. We out." And uh, yeah, she said, told Christian, she's like, you know, get these kids out of here. And he's like, what's happening? And he's like, I got, she's like, I got stuff to deal with. I'll bring up speeds later. Oh, but then this part at the bottom where she's like all broken and destroyed and she's all crying, but mentally she sends out this summon to me, my marauders. (laughs) Uh -uh. (laughs) I'm like, what do you think of Charles? What is this? Get out of here. Especially since she did it in like a whimpering voice, probably. She was like sad. She was just like, to me, Marauder. I get it. You know, Kitty's, you know, you're sad. Kitty died. But when you say to me, my X-Men, you say it with confidence and delivery. Yeah. You don't say it broken. You don't don't sneak it in between a sniffle. To me, my (laughs) X-Men. Maybe that's why she didn't get the full team, which we'll find out. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, one thing we didn't note, this is, uh, still Jerry Dugan and Caselli coming back. He did the last one, right? Yes. Yeah. That was Caselli's was the first time, uh, the last one. And, um, was it two people worked on the cover. Now I assume when two people work on the cover, Typically, we we get one person to work on the cover. So usually, if it's two people working on the cover, logic would dictate it's going to be a pretty slamming cover, right? Right. What's your opinion on this cover? Um, basic cover, pretty basic. It seems like just a panel. I thought it was a great cover from Emma's perspective. I love how she's drawn. I love her detail. I love that angle that she's at. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was really good. But I thought. The anatomy on um, Storm, uh-huh. who's on the cover standing above her, is abysmal. Fucking abysmal. Look at the size of her arm. Look at the size of her arm behind her back there. It's a bone. It's just a skeleton. Look at Emma's arms. Emma's arms, you could tell where the forearm is, where the muscles are, where the flex and the bend is. With Storm, it's just that weird stick arm with no meat on it, as if she has no flesh. Nope. It's so weird. It's a lack of perspective to her arms back, so it should look like it's further away, but it seems like it's right in your face. Yeah, and they, they drew it skinny to try to make it seem more distant, but it's like, okay, yeah, but why is the whole arm skinny instead of just parts of it? That makes no sense. And then look at her hair. She doesn't have that much hair. I've seen Storm with a lot of hair. Yeah. That is That perspective on that hair makes no <laughs> sense. That means that that hair continues on for another, like, seven feet. <laughs> <laughs> Like, the extended version of this cover, like, the wide shot, like, if you go to the back of the cover, mm-hmm. it's just all hair. Like, the back of the comic, pe- like, issue is just hair. <laughs> That's funny. Um, see, I I have a bigger issue, more so than the actual artwork and the and the perspective is the composition. I feel like if you had a, if you had Storm kind of mirroring, reversing on top of what uh, Emma's doing on the bottom, it would look like this really cool, like, yin-yang thing. But no, it's like she's, like, straight, and then she's kind of at an angle. So now they're kind of, like, intersecting with each other, and just composition-wise feels a lot of place. She could have more balance in that. It's very messy because it looks like, okay, so two people did this uh, cover. I feel like one person did Emma, and then the other person came in and did... Uh, well, I feel like someone did 
Storm first, and then did Emma on top of Storm. But they're so disjointed and separated, and it doesn't feel like it's the same location at all, or the same interaction. I'm sure one was the inker, one was the painter. It's it's possible they could have split it that way. That would make sense. Yeah, it's just they're such they're so radically different in their in their drawing and in their anatomy. It just bothered me. Already, I was just like, okay, we're not even into this Marauders issues, and the cover's already making me confused. Also to note, uh, Jonathan Hickman is uh, credited as head of X in this. Wasn't he not credited in the last issue we read? The X-Force issue? I believe he was, actually. I think he was credited as head of X in that. I don't remember not seeing him. Actually, I have that. Was Was X-Force 7, right? Mm Mm-hmm. All right, I have that right here. And yeah, yeah, he's he's credited. Okay. Back. Right. You're probably thinking of that stuff that we were reading about <clears throat> coming up, the newer X-Men arcs. Oh, that could have been it. Seems yeah. to be an extreme lack of Hickman, and that's not a good sign. Not a good sign at all. Yeah. Uh, makes me nervous. But yeah. we'll the beginning of the end, perhaps? Uh... <laughs> Uh, but, uh, yeah, so we go back to, uh, to Krakoa, to, uh, the Red Keep, or I guess, or the White, uh, what was it again? The White Keep, is it a White Keep, or is it the White something else? I forget. Whatever. It's the Red Keep. Keep. There's a red... <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> there's a Red Keep, the White Keep, and the Black Keep. Um, and essentially just, uh, Bobby Cam's comes, uh, Iceman, he's the only one that kind of reaches out to the distress call. And uh, it's just a man, Christian, and and him. And uh, she's like, it's good enough for the most part with us three. Yeah, she's like, we got to roll back and deal with this. And Bobby's like, what the hell's going on? Like, why are you being so coy? Like, what? Why did you need us all here, anyways? Because he hasn't he hasn't been brought up to speed yet. He's the only one besides um, Storm and I guess Pyro that don't know. Right, right, right. Um, but yeah, and then uh, yeah, as as Emma's kind of getting up to speed, uh, we get to see Bobby kind of serious. This is, he, this is where he's like, really, like, what's what's wrong? And he wants to know. And assuming Emma tells him, but we cut back to Bishop, kind of a uh, kind of doing things behind, uh, kind of a. Uh, Sneak still on the boat, right? Um, yeah, do a little espionage, a little solid snake. Yeah, a little solid snake action. We see this guy kind of recover the body, uh, recover Kate's body, and it's in like a body bag. He grabs it, and uh, as he goes into the ship, uh, Bishop comes in, shocks him behind, and uh, puts him out. And this is where he's kind of unzipping the thing to get full confirmation. And he get and he says it kill is confirmed. And hey, Mar and I'm 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 amazed Marvel showed a little bit of dead body. They actually showed a little bit of legs and the, the crotch, which was weird. But okay. Yeah, that was strange. <laughs> he's like he's like untying her legs. Yeah. yeah. And he kept that string. He took like a little bit of the piece of string. There's like a lot of string left, and he took a little off and pocketed it. It was really weird. Yeah. I, yeah. Weird thing. There's a lot of other things you could take, but the string. His memento. His, yeah, this is mine now. I will keep it as a monument. 
to my queen. (laughs) (laughs) And then he gets discovered because he's just standing out in the middle of the open of this deck with his helmet off and everything. And of course, someone is like, hey, this is guy on our, you know, on the on the ship. It's a mutant. We've all played Metal Gear Solid. You 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 put the body out and then you drag him behind cover. And you hang out in the shadows. You you get some subterfuge going and you you deal with like what you need to do. You don't you don't have a fucking you know a, a fucking conference call in the middle of the day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's pretty funny though. Yeah, he gets discovered uh, quick. Uh, Bishop tries. Bishop takes him out. I think. I assume. He tase shots him. So yeah, tase shoots. This weird tase gun. Uh, it's like a, like a Glock. He's shooting with a Glock tase gun. <laughs> um, and uh, essentially, uh, he zips up the body, uh, grabs it, grabs the dead body, and uh, Emma psychically is like, "You better hold on to something." He's like, "What?" And then the whole boat essentially rocks. And it looks like they hit an iceberg. They went full Titanic for a second. <clears throat> Did you notice that Emma said, he said, she said, I suggest you shelter in place. <laughs> and then he goes, shelter in place? What the hell does that mean? <laughs> and I laughed and I was like, you know what? Most of society doesn't know what that means, Bishop. So I understand. <laughs> oh. oh, hilarious. Oh. All I can think of is like the governor just being like, man, Bishop, you don't listen. No one listens. Shelter place is not that complex. (laughs) You think, but here we are. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, as that happens, uh, it seems like the the boat hits like an iceberg. Um, The soldier, and this is is where we cut... uh, Below deck, uh, we see some soldiers kind of freaking out. Uh, they feel they feel the the cold chiming in, and this is where we get some savage Bobby action. Um, first, we get like Bobby kind of uh, bringing uh, the temperature of the room straight up down. Now, remember, Bobby is an omega level mutant, and it's rare that we actually see him produce his omega level powers. But like, this yeah. is one of those moments where like he can manipulate the uh the the temperature uh of any molecule around him and this is where he really shines and shows that right here and as this is happening dude is just freaking out right dude got frostburn he got gave a guy frostburn quick quick that's the thing yeah like he is he, he's burning up right he's he's on fire so he's like he's suffering from frostburn instantly this is where bobby kind of like ices the lock i guess and uh kind of busts his way in right and boy look at that subterfuge on bobby i know it makes him look alien almost like he looks very very uh, bizarre and almost surreal I dig the weird like scythe arm. Right. Scythe yeah. arm was really cool. I thought that was very badass and imposing. His head was so weird though. Like that's such a bizarre type of subterfuge. Yeah. And with like the beady white eyes, it was it, it looks creepy, but and I like it how he's so proud of being a marauder now. <laughs> they murdered children. But <laughs> uh weird <laughs> it's so weird but it looks cool kind of it's it weird his body looks cool his head looks kind of funny 
But yeah, he starts fucking those guys up right away. Freezes yeah. their guns to the point where when they try to pull the trigger, one dude's finger like breaks off. Breaks off. Yeah. And uh yeah, as he's he's just going savage on these people. And this is when we get Bishop come in and try to get Bobby to stop for a second. Bobby takes a takes he takes a moment or two and uh and he remembers that 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 number one law, kill no man, kill no man. But then he goes super like uh, Roman for a second. He goes eye for an eye, bitch. And he just fucking breaks off this dude's arm. This doesn't make any sense for Bobby's character, though. Like, why is he so dark? And like, this is like the Bobby from Age of Apocalypse. Like, this doesn't make any like, sense. Well, I guess they're going for the whole like loyalty thing. I get it, but Bobby was always more the innocence of the the original X-Men group, kind of in a way that Kitty was. That's why they were perfect for each other when they were actually a thing, because they represent different generational versions of each other. This Bobby is like fucking bloodlust. Like, I get it. Kitty's dead, but there's no guarantee that she can't be resurrected or can. So for him to just go bloodlust when there's a possibility that she should could come back seems like an aggressive jump for Bobby. Like, he has no real character progression. He's just either extremely angry, extremely partying, or extremely gay. Like, that's like, I don't know how they're trying to, like, build parameters for his character development, but they always go 11 with every emotion that he represents or every mood that he's in. It's really weird. Because I could understand, like, okay, all the X-Men got murdered, and... All you're left with is just this little bit of family, and there's no chance of them getting resurrected. And that's what led to the creation of the Age of Apocalypse Iceman. And that's why he's he's aggressive, and, you know, that's why Nightcrawler is an atheist and murders. And, like, they all changed because their paradigm changed so dramatically that it made sense. But it feels like in this new paradigm, it didn't change in a way where all, all bets were off and and death was more of a significant thing. I mean, we built towards this new era where death is just a plot device that isn't as important as the story around it. And for Bobby to be like, I'm out for blood now, it just kind of pushes back against that narrative that Hickman was building. Yeah, it seems like no one wants to, like, listen to that at all. They still still like to motivate their characters through emotion based off of characters' deaths, which is frustrating. Also, it's impossible to write a foundation for Bobby's character development because it's so messy and has been destroyed so bad over the last, like, five years that it's just, like, impossible to write for him now. It seems like no matter what scenario they put him in, it, it doesn't feel organic or original. It just feels like he fits the mood or the narrative of what they're trying to write at the time, and that is it. It's not his own character. He's just a victim of the surroundings, which is lame. Because we'll he's like a he's a it's a golden age era you know superhero character that has been developed for decades and now it's like every time I see him I'm like I don't recognize this fucking guy. We'll see in ten years if he becomes like another like they're just gonna use Bobby is Bobby gonna be the the kind of like what represents the cultural norms of, of a that third story. timeline is gonna come out where Bobby has secretly been in bestiality the whole time and he just didn't bring it up. And so like, Bendis will be back and it'll be a new Bobby and he'd be like and Gene's like, Well, you're into fucking animals, you just won't admit it. <laughs> <laughs> 
And Bobby's like, get out of my head. All right, fine. <laughs> I do like animals. You're right. Uh, All right. And then the current Bobby's like, all right, I guess I have to get in line with my past self. I guess I'm an animal fuck. <laughs> They're going to revamp him everything for the times. He's like, no, I'm asexual. That's actually really what it is. I'm into robots. <laughs> uh, I, want, I want a council of bobbies. That's what they should Hickman should do. Let's get a council of bobbies where there's like a bobby for every type of orientation and background. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ, Marvel! What the fuck have you done to my Golden Age comic? <laughs> uh, but I do like that he rips that dude's arm off. That is badass. I'll give him that. That was a, like a little like, whoops! I broke your arm off. <laughs> Froze it, snapped it right off. Um, but yeah, uh, Bobby goes savage. He runs the like frostbite never heals, really digging it in that like he wants to hurt these people more or less. Um, and then they 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 escape. Now, tell me something about this escape. Is Bobby just summoning like a storm and then they kind of run off because it makes it out like they're teleporting out, especially with the sound effect that's plip. Yeah, like how did. <sighs> I, I don't get it looked cool. I like that he summoned all that like cold to him. But what power is this? Is this yeah. his power? Who's some who teleports happening right now? Yeah, I don't know what's I don't know exactly what I'm looking at. I, I think the art direction's a little off. We're missing a panel to show yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like he pulls all that moisture off of those guys and like it looks like he's pulling all of the cold back to him. And then they just he says, uh, Bishop says, Bobby, where's the submarine? Where's Edmund's submarine? And he says, you know, that's, it's not a sub. Which was a callback to something we didn't bring up earlier. Because he's like, wow, this is a cool sub. And Christian's like, not a sub. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which leads to the other question. What is it? I don't know. To, I, I, I don't know. We don't know. I, it never tells us. Pal Cruiser? I don't know. Try to <laughs> <laughs> an amphibious machine i don't know amphibious submersible but yeah then he just they just teleport away no explain on how that happened i mean i guess they have enough technology where they could teleport and they have enough mutants who could do it but i mean usually they try to make a note to explain it instead they're just like eh, we're out yeah and then it's even weirder because the next panel is just Iceman and emma together and they're just talking about like all right let's do this we'll meet later yeah, and then it cuts to nighttime, and Emma's sitting in the, the like the foyer of her her compound, and yeah. Storm is flying in. There, there was like <laughs> in three panels, we changed location, characters, and 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 time frame in just three panels without showing the progression of any of that. <laughs> so what the hell? Very like clunky. It, it's it, this is one of those things where if you're reading it, you're gonna go read a couple pages and go like, wait, what? And then go back and go, and then realize that it's, uh, it's, it's clunky. And it's, it's, yeah, you're like, where is any of this taking place? Like what location specifically? Or what, what, what V, what mode of transportation are they on? Like I get, I can flush it out and suss it out in other ways, but at the same time, I feel like there's not enough organic detail showing that that's the problem here. Mm. But he wants to take uh, Kate to the uh, the Arbor Magna, and that's what I think his game plan is for what he's going to be doing is trying to get her resurrected. 
Right. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, and I guess she's hanging back to wait for Storm yeah. to come. I guess she expected Storm, apparently. She's like, yeah, she just rolls in, like, mad and, like, pissed off. Just comes right in and says, like, you know, I warned you about this. Like, I told you this was going to happen. And just all sorts of interfering right away. Yeah. Um, yeah, she wanted to keep uh, Kate on the island, kind of to watch over her until they figure out what's what's up with her whole resurrection situation, I assume. I don't know. They, it's kind of vague. Yeah. And Emma was like, yeah, I recall I recall you saying that, and that's why I tried to surround her with as many powerful mutants as possible, but half of you happened to be gone when she died. So, you know, what are we going to do about this? So what could I do about that? And she's like, and Storm is like, hey, don't blame me. I'm trying to do my job with as much things as possible with the limited resources we have and manpower. Like, what do you want? And they're just throwing the blame game around. Yeah, they're kind of blame shifting. Well, Emma did it on purpose because she's being nice, but she 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 buried the lead and was a dick at first. She's just like, well, if you were there for her, and then that's when Storm just smacks her in the face. I was just like, I, if you let me finish that sentence, I was going to say you were doing something vitally important. You couldn't be there for more or less. <laughs> like, Which is weird. Look at the animation. For, or look how they draw the progression. Like her arm goes to the. Now, did she backhand her? She had to go front and back. Yeah, that's a full, a full strum right there. She went back and forth, man. Double, double tapped. She had to because the arm is going to the right, but it's ending to the left. So she had to double slap. Yeah. She, she's so angry that she died alone too. She's powering up to Super Saiyan. Yeah, she gets she gets mad and she she lets out her powers. Like, okay. Which causes those weird Krakoan flowers on Emma's wrist or ankle? What is that? I don't know where those are. I guess it's on her wrist. They just explode into petals and float around everywhere while they're hugging. She says, "I want to give you a gift." It's uh the yeah. What is the gift? It's her like it, it, pretty much the story about uh, being reintroduced to Cyclops. The feeling she gives her that feeling, right? On Orcus, yeah. How like she got to see Cyclops again for the first time. Yeah, and she's sharing that memory with her. But what does that have to do with all the weird Krakoan petals floating everywhere? Is that just like a cherry blossom scene and like a movie? It just looks cool, but doesn't have any actual significant relevance to what's happening. <laughs> Yeah, it makes them it enhances the mood, of course. Come on now. Uh, yeah. Um and I guess they're 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 best buds now, right? And yeah, she says the White Queen gives me hope. Today is truly humbling. Oh, okay. Um you weren't humble a second ago when you smacked her. And Emma said she's like, You want me to turn into my my uh diamond form and you can beat me around a bit? <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> she's trying to get off herself there it's personal thing. yeah it's like storm caught on to it she's like you never change Emma. <laughs> uh, it's funny um but then we cut to uh sebastian shaw with shinobi with shinobs um and uh, more or less uh, they're kind of just con- self-congratulating each other on their murder. 
Yeah, well, they're 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 happy with what they pulled off with Kitty. They're happy that they haven't killed each other yet, and they're happy that their their sure. drugs are are moving and making money for them. So, the Shaws are working out. Shaws are working out. It seems like all is well on there. And what is Sebastian eating down there? Is that a steak? A... Yeah, it looks like a it looks like a really weird steak with some like spinach, some nasty greens. Yeah. It's a very circular steak, though. That's impressive. Right? That's not. I was thinking, like maybe like a mutton chop or something. I don't know what could be that circular. Yeah. But uh, very fitting for them. Always eating, it seems. Always decadent with their wine glasses. Yeah. Um. Anything else to take away from this like minimal amount of time they have on on this? Other than, good job. Good job. Good job. They introduced uh, the the Stroker oh, twins. Yeah, the twins. I forgot about the twins. So Fenris, uh, as they're known together in their their origins, they're 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 Chris, Chris Claremont and Ramita Junior. Uh, great child, these kids. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> the Great Baron Stroker's children with their it, weird powers. Uh, let's see. I believe Andrea has like a degenerative energy projection mm-hmm. and andreas has a oh, gosh i think it was something like i remember he does concussive energy it's not like degenerative it's concussive it's like a force energy and then together when they hold hands their powers are amplified and they can fly it's really weird they're really weird characters it's so bizarre they brought him into this but there you go um, first introduced in Uncanny X Men 194 in 1985. 85, yeah. There you go, folks. Um, they just had them in that terrible, um, oh, the X-Men series, the one, the TV show that I've already forgotten about. The Children of Me, what was that one called? Gifted, Gifted, thank you. Oh, which is so sad because. To name your series after a, like a legendary Joss Whedon run of, of X-Men and not even come close to delivering was just depressing. Right. So That's now it's like I have a they left a bad taste in my mouth. So I'm like, ah, Fenris is back. Ugh. Get out of here. The Stroker children. Oh no. Uh, but we cut to uh, the Red Diamond. Gossip <clears throat> from Bar Sinister. The spicy stuff. And uh, what do we get from this? Um, more or less. I don't know if I, I might have skipped this when I read this. Um, I know that he is. Um, he was waitlisted by Jumbo. Yeah, he was mad that he's waitlisted by Jumbo Carnation and not being able to get some threads. He pointed out, he's like, you know, if I can make a, if I can schedule a meeting, anyone can schedule a meeting. So he kind of laughs about the concept of that. And then he says that, hey, we're supposed to be making more mutants. And then he laughs about, um, he says, mentioned something about a, someone has a baby bump or something that he wants oh, to congratulate. Stinger, yeah. Former wild child Stinger. Good luck with my baby bump. So apparently yeah. she was the first to uh, get laid on the island. Yeah, first one to get knocked up on the island. Up on the island, I should say. Everyone's fucking on that island. And he takes that shot at the Morlocks where he says, beer, beer, on the wall, who's the grossest mutant of them all? No, not the Morlocks. <laughs> uh, don't punch down, muties. I like that. <laughs> yeah, don't punch down. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then he and then he has the same qual it's like he took the words out of my mouth. He says, Oh, Fenris. it's the Fenris. Gross. The Von Stroker children. You can't spell Von Stroker without suck. <laughs> oh man. Uh, uh and he suggests creating a new crackle and leaving them on it. Yeah. Which is funny. Hilarious. Oh, you're so sassy, Sinister. Sassy Sinister. That's what they should call his new his new uh uh his musings uh, or his muse or his zine when he writes it's sassy sinister. (laughs) Man, we don't need that red diamond. Get out of here. Give me sassy sinister. But now we cut to to Midapore with some some homeless people feeding Locked, yeah. So yeah, we cut to Madripoor and we get this. Uh, I guess this couple kind of feeding this, feeding, feeding Lockjaw. They're like, like some low-income fisher people. Yeah, and uh, the dad seems kind of freaked out, and the the daughter's like, "Yeah, no, it's good. We're good. We're cool. We're good." And as as she's feeding it, it just motherfucking burps fire. And there's so many dead fish heads around and dead fish everywhere. It's kind of grimy. It must stink where they're at. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. But uh, yeah, more or less, we get to show you that Lockjaw is alive and he's hanging out still in Madripoor. And at the very bottom right, we get my favorite part in the entire issue. It says, next time, Journey to the center of pyro. <laughs> oh, are you excited for that? That's gonna I, I, I am excited to say to get to the center of pyro. <laughs> get down to the dirty, the nitty gritty. Yeah, that's going to be a great issue. I've been, we've been talking about it for a little bit, but it's finally Maybe happened. this is a, this is a mislead. Maybe it's like a, it's about the relationship of the new pyro, the other pyro, the gay pyro. They're journeying to the center of that pyro. Someone is going to turn you to the center of that. Part. Yeah. Oh, yeah. North Star uh, is going to journey to the center of fire. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, there's some oh. latitude jokes in there. <laughs> but uh, that it concludes this issue of Marauders. Uh, what do you think of this issue so far? Or it just... felt like it was half of an issue. It does feel kind of like half an hour. I mean, we, we finished kind of going through this really quick compared to other episodes. So, yeah, it does feel quick, right? It didn't feel like it had a big arc, I guess you could say. It just kind of had yeah. some and then it ended. And all the payoffs were weird because, like, we, we have already known for an extremely staggered long time that Kitty Pride has been essentially dead. Now they've just confirmed what they were already kind of leaning on as like a big reveal, but it's kind of they've already that's already been played off. There are moments where Emma tried to show a lot of emotional um, weakness, where she's kind of so, dealing with this and kind of stepping away from her strong demeanor, and and that didn't really pay off because she always seems so eccentric and just decadent in her approach to her she has such a high horse she's always on that when she tries to show a softer side a more wounded side it doesn't play as well it almost seems like tongue and it almost seems fake like she's putting on a show even when no one's watching (laughs) (laughs) 
Abi had like a really badass moment where he kind of went Age of Apocalypse, but like his motivation behind it was a lot weaker than that Bobby's actual motivation. So, like, there was not real much payoff there. And then the cover had that big fight scene that looked like Emma and Storm were going to throw down, and then they just hugged it out. It made no sense. So, there's that. <laughs> Sinister told us a bunch of nonsense that we really didn't care about. So, that didn't pay off. And oh, you know, Lockheed's not dead, which we already knew. So, yeah. Whole lot of nothing. Kind of a big waste of time. We could have like summarized this in the next issue and we could have got like an issue with payoffs. Uh yeah. I guess you could say the best thing is the the uh the Iceman doing some doing some damage, but like you said, the motivation wasn't there, so yeah. it's not as great. But yeah, pretty awesome artwork at least, but Story I like how the kids refer to mutants, the mutant children refer to humans as flat scans. I like how that's picked up, like those racial epithets picked up fast. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. Uh, I, I could dig that. I want to hear more racial racial stuff. Yeah. I want to hear more like human based like epithets and shit. Exactly. Let's see. You fucking, you fucking normal geners. <laughs> we call them normies. <laughs> I don't know. Who knows, Marvel? Do something, though. Just do something different. How about that? Fix it. Fix it, fix it, fix it. <laughs> um, yeah, and then we get the Sebastian Shaw thing. That that was just, like, nothing either. Um, I don't know. I don't the Stroker know. kids? What? Kids, yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of just beats. You gave me a lot of beats that, like, I felt didn't have an ending. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, what's 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 there to say outside of, you know, those weird incestuous Nazi twins? I mean, <sighs> down that a little bit, I guess, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's muddying up the progression instead of making it like more clear. Now I'm now I'm just like, oh great, now we have a side plot with the Stroker twins and Shaw. I was happy with just the side plot with Sean Snowby. You add them to the equation, and then it just gets a little too messy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't. I don't know what to expect. Um, I am in it. Like I said, I read the next issue, and the next issue is entertaining. I will say the least. But does it progress the story as much as we wanted to? I guess it does a little bit. It kind of gives the connection to some of the characters that were introduced previously so maybe but I'll take something <laughs> over nothing it's it really felt like nothing uh yeah yeah nothing really happening and to boot the kids didn't go on the field trip i want to see that story where they're like everyone <laughs> did something to the savage land yeah yeah yeah, yeah there you right right let's see that much interest let's in see, that. The kids, yeah. see the kids going on an adventure but no no no, not today, folks. Not today. But um, any any other thoughts that you can think of, uh, positive or negative? Not really. I've got no po- all. I all I got was the the joy of them calling humans flat scan, and then the next time is journey to the center of pyro. And that's it. That's the only things that stuck with me as as good high points. Yeah. Um, mm, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, 
but that'll do it for us this week, folks. Did you enjoy Bobby's rampage? Let us know. Or do you think it was pointless? Who knows? But until next week, what are we doing next week? What are we doing next week, Danny? I think we're on New Mutants, technically. Seven. New Mutants, number seven. We will be diving into that. Um, So that should be something. Um, But until then, uh, enjoy staying inside because that's all you can do. Right? <laughs> let it grow let it cultivate you don't want to be one of the 200,000 people that are getting infections a day yeah stay inside <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's do that folks but that'll do it for us this week's uh, I'm with Danny I am Kyle remember the robots are going to kill you so enjoy your internal struggles as you Stay inside your house, folks. Peace.